0: Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye. Um, glad to be here on another Thursday. Uh, before I go to my first guest, I just want to take one minute and uh, give a shout out of condolence to the D- uh, Davis family. Uh, in the passing, of uh, B- Dr. Bishop Nathaniel J. Davis Sr. Uh, he's a longtime advocate, uh, family man, and just want to let you know that on June 12th, his victory service will be at the New Life Church, 15711. 15711- 152nd Avenue, Southeast in Renton, and uh, his internment will be on June 16th at Hillcrest Burial Park, Kent Washington. And my first guest, don't mind my, my, me making that announcement, because he's none other than the Reverend Dr. Robert L. Jeffrey Sr., Senior Pastor of New Hope Missionary Baptist Church, founder of the Black Dollar Days Task Force, founder of the Clean Greens Farm and Market, and on the front page of the Seattle Facts newspaper, there is a huge uh, ad uh, about what they're doing about the grand opening of the market. But Reverend Doc, you and involved in so many things. I have to applaud. I, I just don't know how you get it all done. So you must have an outstanding team you're working with because uh, your footprint and your handprints are in many places, not only in the city, but in the county, the state, and the country. So we appreciate all the work you've done. So why don't you just take a couple of minutes and bring us up to date on the activities. You also developed some townhomes too in the central area. Uh, so why don't you just take a, a few minutes and talk to our listening audience about the programs you're involved with, uh, the the market, the grand opening, the Black Dollar Days Task Force, and other things you're involved with. And you also have a anniversary co- uh, coming up, right?
1: Yeah, this Sunday. Yeah.
0: And, and that's uh, 35 years? 35 years, yeah. Man, it seemed like we just met last week. <laughs> Thirty-five went by quick, but I'm, but you know, you know one thing about you, Doc, is that I remember doing the anti-apartheid movement, and I, I asked you to speak first, but I got to let people know this. Know.
1: Okay.
0: Doing the anti-apartheid movement, you and others, I think Mike Mann and some other folks, built a shanty to protest Boeing, and it was right in front of the Boeing company's headquarters on East Marginal Way to protest them selling planes to South Africa. So I never will forget that as long as I live. That was one of the most proficient demonstrations that I've ever seen in my life. But anyway, go right ahead, Doc.
1: Well, hey, thanks, Eddie, thanks for, uh, thanks for being on the show. I just uh, appreciate the work that you've already d- always done in this community and you've been right there in the forefront of every struggle that this community has gone through. And uh, my brother just was in town and uh, he, I told him that this was Martin Luther King County. He couldn't believe it. The whole county? I said, yeah, the whole county. You were one of the uh, main leaders of that movement and all kinds of things that you've done and accomplished in this community. So right back at you, brother. Uh, my, uh, uh, the, the Clean Greens Farm, I just want to get that out there. We'll open the 26th of June. Uh, we, we're going to do some, you know, we're going to have a lot of crops this year. One of the special things we're going to uh, do this year is we're going to start the mixed salads. Uh, we're going to start marketing uh, packaged mixed salads, uh, clean greens packaged mixed salads, and hopefully we can get them in all the stores. Hopefully we can get them in the Amazon store up there on 23rd, and and uh, um, uh, on, on 23rd and and Jackson. So we're going to start that this year. A uh, uh, lady, Robin Thompson, will be heading up that program. This, it it was it will be a for profit a- aspect of clean greens and selling um marketing and uh, um packaging uh um mixed salads so we hope that's going to go good. we're going to launch that this year um we do have a great team of people i mean it's just excellent people um Brian uh, Scott is going to head up clean greens um we just remember always we remember uh Miss Lottie Cross for her excellent work the things that she did. And Brianna stepped Amen. up. Uh, Amen. is a young lady, young, powerful lady in the community. You know, there's just a lot of talent in our community, man. A lot of talented people in our community that just go, they're unsung heroes, people that have energy and, and, and expertise, that is just being passed over by uh, the broader community. And I think that, the country is in the mess it's in now because it's wasting talent. It's wasting these people. It's not including them into the marketplace. It's not including them into the jobs because of discrimination and racism. These people are left to at the bottom of the barrel trying to fit. And we try to use these people in our programs, you know, and it's just very highly efficient people. The guy who built the townhouses, a highly efficient uh, Asian-American uh, just – we built these townhouses. We tried to negotiate with the city to 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 purchase the townhouses so that we could then, or to pay off our loan on the townhouses so that we could then uh, market them to low-income people, but the city rejected that. The city has a posture, an uh, open posture that, they've trying to, that they're trying to stop gentrification, but they are partners in this gentrification process. They are full partners with the high-end developers, and um, we are examples of their partnership because they rejected we had built them all they had to do was help us and they rejected that so uh make them available for low-income people and they rejected that so that that's just an indication of what's going on in the city well dr jeffrey
0: i I think right now i'm sorry to interrupt you but that you know uh there is a, a time for people to stand up and uh, if we're talking about you know reversing the trend of gentrification, and you guys have some homes that can go to uh, moderate low income people, and the city rejected that, then I think that there needs to be a meeting with the city leaders about that position, as well as about the Seattle city council member that represents that district. We do have districts now, and I think that uh, uh, I'm trying to remember. Are you and Shauna Sawant is that? And Shana to so yeah. watch this for
1: you know, Sh- Sharma is Sharma was fighting. Sharma has been fighting for us and that's another thing. You know, a lot of people are against Sharma because he's a socialist, you know. But what they don't understand is that uh Martin Luther King had people uh, in his organization that were socialists. We we, we can't start going with the, with others by names. We we have to if somebody's in the trenches firing at the same enemy we are firing at, they are our friends. I don't care what they call themselves and so we have to stop as black people downing people because of what they call themselves. To me, that's yeah. that's uh, something. That's something a luxury we can't afford. And uh, I know I'm not a socialist. I'm a Christian, but at the same time, she has been a partner with the black community. And I hear a lot of black people uh, downing her because she's a socialist. I just think that's appalling. Well, the Doc, I just so got to share this this she's quick. Exciting, but as far as the townhouses are concerned, mm-hmm. we were up against a loan that had to be dealt with. So we ended up having to sell the townhouses because we couldn't wait because they were going to call the loan. So we, we, yeah. we couldn't wait. So um, that was a terrible, terrible thing. I regret that we had to do that, but I mean, uh, and then we had to use the money to pay down the note on the church that we built because of the fire. You Remember the fire in 84 and 95? And uh, we had incurred a lot of debt. So we had to use some of that money to pay down that debt. So, I mean, it was an opportunity lost by the city. We negotiated with them for over a year, over two years, and um, they, they refused to do anything. And eventually, they began to call, they were going to call alone, so we had to, we had to uh, satisfy that situation by selling the townhouse.
0: That, that's, is, really, that's really unfortunate. It's uh, a tragedy, it's a missed opportunity. Yeah, but,
1: it's a missed opportunity, and I regret it, but I, I want the community to know that our intent was to be partners with the city to make sure we could bring in low-income people back into the community, and that we had no idea that the city would totally reject any offer that we made. We made several over a period of two years.
0: Now, you know, um, there's also supposed to have been some money that was set aside to help uh, in the Black community, and I think it was $30 million, and it seems to me that if you're sincere about something...
1: We don't know where that money is, Nobody will tell us what that money is. We were we were asking could we use some of that money? That money as far as they're concerned is is not in existence. I don't know. We hadn't we haven't gotten any clear answers on what that seventeen million dollars is. But we know we just gotta we, we have a mayor that is I you know, I, I don't wanna talk about people, but I mean she just played both ends against the middle, man. And I and I don't know what's going on. But I know that they are not earnest when they talk about bringing African-Americans back into the central area. They're earnest about bringing them in in low-income part, apartment buildings. But they're not earnest when they talk about bringing them in in houses. They, they took them out of houses and, and, and pushed them out. They ought to bring them back in in houses, in,
0: in places. Home home, home ownership.
1: ownership. These low-income houses are good. I mean, I'm not, because I'm not, we're going to build 80 units across the street of low-income housing. We're in planning of doing that now. But these black African-American people need home ownership, and we need to have a strategy to bring home ownership back to the Central Area for African-American people, uh, affordable home ownership. And, and uh, they don't have that strategy. They don't have that intent. That is not a part of their agenda. And uh, I think that uh, that's a real problem because that's well, not you know... a part of their agenda.
0: Reverend Jeffrey, you know what I'm thinking is that uh, I think uh that if, if people could follow really the lead of Linda Taylor, who is vice president of the, of the Urban League, yeah, who's over the mean, housing they're, program. They're, I mean, they're, they're. uh, she could give the city if they were really ser- serious, uh, Linda Taylor could give them a roadmap right now. Yeah, but and they, you yeah. you know, and you got you got all the rest of the other aspects covered in terms of a developer. And uh, have the the, the the reach in the community to make sure the other resources and ownership. You know, we need ownership. You're exactly right. We yeah. that's the only that's the only way you're gonna be stable is to have ownership.
1: Yeah, yeah. What they're what they're doing is making sure that African Americans own no land in the central area. That they're they're renters and they I mean, I'm not downing that because we're gonna build 80 units. I mean, I'm not downing that. I'm not saying don't do that. We're gonna do that. But what we tried to do first was it, a, a pioneering move to build some townhouses and then negotiate with the city. We should have negotiated first, but we felt like they don't believe we can do anything. So we wanted to build them first, demonstrate that we could do it, and then negotiate. And they just totally rejected it. I mean, out of hand. And I think that that was tragic. I mean, we didn't go crying to the community. We probably should have alerted the community earlier, but we didn't. We tried to negotiate <clears throat> Uh, uh, quietly and without intimidation, but it just didn't work. I mean, they turned us down totally. And I I think that was a big, big mistake on the part of the city.
0: Now, we know the other thing is during urban renewal, a black removal, as I call it, uh, the park across the street from uh, New Hope was once owned by the church, but uh, through this black uh, removal, Uh, The city took over that property, or somebody did for little or
1: nothing. Yeah, we have letters from the pastors telling them, please don't take the property. But they were going on this Yesler Atlantic report that was came out. It came out right after the death of uh, uh, the guy um, uh, uh, who who died, who was the head of the Urban League. You know who I'm talking about? Edward Pratt. Edward Pratt. Edward Pratt was killed in January. This report came out. Uh, a few
2: months after he died
1: it's called the yesla atlantic report and in this report it describes the community as totally uh uh, uh ignorant as un, un unfortunate undesirable weak uh uh undecent folks family they, they describe the community as uh being troublemakers uh undeserving poor they, the communi- they defined the community in all kinds of derogative language, and that was a precursor to them coming in and taking the property and, 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 and gentrifying the property. That began in 1969, right, right after uh, they, somebody, I don't know who killed it, but somebody killed one of the most uh, uh, proficient advocates this community has ever had, Edward Pratt.
0: So. He took advantage of uh, the 1968 Open Housing Act. Well, Dr. Jeffrey, we gotta to go to Dr. Quentin Morris, the co-chair of uh the CLRs Commission, uh, activists, and uh, also uh they got he has an event coming up with, with Angela uh tomorrow on Facebook Live. So we'll go to him, but doc thanks very much. We're gonna stay in touch, make sure there's no more encroachment of of the land of, of black by black folks yeah, in the central they took, areas. They
1: took that land uh, and we're trying to get some kind of reparations or get the land back or something.
0: We will meet, sir, thank you. All right, thank you. Okay, um, our next guest is uh, Dr. Quentin Morris, uh, a proud Axel winner back in 1990-something with Angela Rye, now professor of music at Seattle University, co-chair of the Seattle Arts Commission. Dr. Morris, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest. And let us know what you have going on, because you have uh, just look at a little short bio. You said you had quite a bit of responsibility. There's a lot of responsibilities
3: going on. Good to talk to you, Papa Rye. Um, it's always a pleasure to to be on your show and to talk to you and, and of course, inform the community of, of things that are going on. Uh, tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., I'm actually speaking with your daughter, Angela Rye, um, on Facebook Live Uh the callers can access that by going to Facebook and looking up "unmute the voices," which is a new show that uh, will premiere a week from Saturday on June 19th, which is of course Juneteenth at three o'clock Central or Pacific, excuse me, um, where we will uh, play the music and celebrate and highlight the music of Black. Um, composers, and performing artists of classical music as well as all people of color. This is a new show through Classical King FM, um, but they have given me um, the authority to curate um, where we will celebrate the excellence of all people of color. Um, And so tomorrow is just a preview where uh, Angela and I will talk about the purpose of the show as well as talk about um, why representation of especially blacks um, is so low in in
0: classical, more specifically in classical music. So, and um, why don't you uh, share a little, a little bit about about your background, Doctor Morris? Sure. So, so
3: I'm I'm originally from Seattle. Um, I you know I went to Renton High School and um, went back east and in, in the South for for uh, college. I started out at a HBCU, Xavier University of Louisiana, and then, of course, um, went to uh, North Carolina School of the Arts, Boston Conservatory, and got my doctorate from University of Texas, Austin. I've been a faculty member at Seattle University since 2007. There are only two African-American violin professors in this country. I am one of them that are tenured. Um, my mom in the background telling me, make sure you let them know that they're tenured. Uh, but there's only two African-American violinists in the country who are tenured. I'm one of them. Uh, I have a nonprofit organization called Key to Change, which provides violin lessons to underserved youth in the South King County area, which is where a lot of uh, underserved um, students of color are located. I'm the co-chair of the Seattle Arts Commission, so I advocate for the arts. Um, and of course, for uh, culture in the city, um, and I am a proud citizen of, of the city. I care very much about, um, you know, the lives of, of people of color, especially Black people, and I do my best to be a representative, um, a positive image, and positive represent- uh, representative of who we are as as Black people of excellence. So this show tomorrow on Mute the Voices. Um, we've been doing several different previews where we've been talking with um, lots of different arts advocates and also activists um, who really care about social issues, who care about um, the uh, people of color and black people who um, have been largely marginalized in the arts. And um, I'm really looking forward to talking with Angela tomorrow about um, a lot of these things.
0: Now, how can people access that?
3: People can access by going to Facebook. Um, They will need to like uh, the page, which is Unmute the Voices. Uh, So they go to Unmute the Voices on Facebook. There is an event there where they will see your very beautiful daughter and myself. Um, They just need to click on that link, uh, and then they will be able to um, watch the preview of Angela and I tomorrow at 9 a.m. And, of course, if, if there's any issues, they can <laughs> go to Eddie Rye's Facebook page, or you can look me up as well, Quentin Morris, on Facebook.
0: Now, just a little history. Uh, how did you and Angela happen to meet? Like, and uh, oh, Carolyn Wright Angela, and Payne would love to hear this story. Go ahead. Met, oh, we met through
3: AXO. And, and I mean, Angela and I have been friends for for gosh, over 20 years. Um, And we have a good friend named Monte Scott, who um, we have in common, who also did AXO. Uh, Angela is about two years younger than I am, but we uh, went to AXO, and, man, did we have a good time at the Nationals, which I believe at that time was in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, And, of course, we have followed each other's careers Surprisingly, Angela uh, got her law degree from Seattle University, which is where I teach. So um, there's lots of connections there between the two of us. And, of course, I remain um, friends with you and your wife, who I, I love to harass publicly when I see you both.
0: <laughs> and, and we appreciate the love. We appreciate the love. Uh, you know now, why always- don't you share with us a little bit about our commission? Yeah, a little bit about the Art Commission and how aspiring artists that might be listening right now saying, oh, well, well, you know, I have that gift or I have that talent, but I didn't know there was any money. And we understand that there's also funds available through the city of Seattle for various activities in the arts. And now with the society opening back up with for some right. people, uh, there's going to probably be uh, more people out visiting and stuff. So can you share with our aspiring artists, what kind of resources might be available through the Art Commission of the City of Seattle to launch their careers and sustain their careers? Absolutely. So the Seattle Arts Commission is a
3: 16-member advocacy group that uh, is made up of community members who are either artists, arts administrators, or arts activists. And um, I co-chair that with uh, my colleague Sarah Wilkie. And Um, So what we do is we uh, serve as an advocacy group for the uh, Office of Arts and Culture, which is run by the uh, city of Seattle. The Arts Commission, more specifically, we vote mostly on and implement policies. Um, We serve as advocates for uh, making sure that Funding um, on a larger scale uh, is is uh, accessible through um, grants and through other special project funding resources. Uh, we also um, do a fair amount of of um, just advocacy work, where we speak up to either the mayor or to the city, uh, Seattle City Council on various topics uh, to make sure that artists as well as arts organizations are protected. So if there is a listener out there who is interested in learning more about, um, you know, how to get funding or how to uh, maintain their career uh, in the arts, of course, they should contact the Seattle Office of Arts and Culture. Um, There's a number of programs that that office offers to the public um, where they can um, learn more about how to um, better their craft or or learn the business in their respective field. Another thing that people can do is um, they can contact Langston Seattle, um, of course, which is the nonprofit organization through Langston Arts Performing Arts uh, Center. Um, Tim Lennon is the executive director there who I really respect. He, and of course, Jasmine Scott, um, who's their program director. They do really fantastic work. Of course, um, their CD form as well. Um, which is run by Sharon Williams. All of those organizations are located within the uh, uh, Central District. Um, and, of course, there's Juana Worry, uh, which Alicia Johnson um, and her husband run. And so these black organizations that are all very art-specific um, are avenues that general um, community members who are artists or arts ab- um, advocates, uh, can go to and access resources through there. Um, we at the Seattle Arts Commission, of course, have relationships with those organizations. Um, we speak very proudly and out about um, issues regarding um, support for black uh, arts organizations and individuals, as well as the more bigger BIPOC
0: um, people of color spectrum. Well, Dr. Quentin Morris, I would appreciate your time today. I want to make sure everybody check out uh, Dr. Quentin Morris and Angela T. Rye tomorrow on Facebook live on unmute the voices. And uh, so until next time, Dr. Q, we appreciate your time and all the good work you're doing in the community. So thank exactly. you very much. Thank you so much. You have a great day. Take care. All right. now you, you too. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and come back with our next guest after
2: this. List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend Port Gen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle-Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com.
4: Why sit in bumper to bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill in the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tequila, and the airport. Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress.
2: you found us. Maybe you've been guided to listen. Alternative Talk 1150.
0: All right, Eddie Rye back at Urban Forum Northwest with my next guest, who is Representative John Lubby from Snohomish County, the 44th, 44th Legislative District. And he occupies position one. Uh, I was appointed in 2016 when my good friend Hans Dunn. was appointed to the Snohomish County Council, and he was recently reelected in November. And uh, I've seen Representative Lovick actually act as Speaker Pro Tem, actually running the House of Representatives. Very impressive and knows the stuff. So welcome to Urban Forum Northwest, sir. And uh, why don't you just share with our listeners a little bit about your background? Because you've been have had uh, occupied a lot of high profile positions. So why don't you go right ahead, sir?
5: Mr. Wright, it's just great to be on your show. I, I really appreciate the opportunity, and, and thanks for inviting me. So I, I was born and raised in uh, a little place we call segregated Louisiana, a little town called Lane, Louisiana. I joined the Coast Guard after uh, high school, uh, spent four years in the Coast Guard, active in a total of 13 years. I joined the State Patrol where I spent 31 years. I spent nine years in the legislature and then uh, became the county sheriff of Snohomish County, the county executive, and I'm back in the legislature where I love to be. And this is my 14th year serving uh, the people in the 44th Legislative District in Snohomish County. So it's just great to be with you.
0: Well, so you're my homeboy because I was born in Street Louisiana. But I, uh, I left when uh, I, my, I was 10. My father was uh, appointed by A. Philip Randolph to be the Northwest Organizer for the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters which at the time was the only union a black man could belong to. So uh, I don't know where your area is from Shreveport, but uh, uh, we're, up so, we're so far up north that uh, the brothers and sisters in southern Louisiana said we might as well be from Texas. <laughs> well, you know, actually, actually, the, the the hospital that I was born in
5: was Charity Hospital in, in Shreveport, Louisiana. I was actually born in a little hospital there, and then our family was raised in a little town called Roboline, which is just 60 miles south of Shreveport. I was back there in 2018 loved the little love the beautiful
0: city well i was born in charity hospital too when i was born i was born in charity hospital the colored side i same here as a matter of fact i looked <laughs> at my birth certificate the
5: other day and it, and it listed race uh and it simply said it, said it said exactly that colored and i was showing it to my wife and we got a good <laughs> chuckle out of that we were in the process of renewing our passport and i took a second look at my uh, birth birth certificate and you're right so yes
0: good stuff well, the way the current U.S. Congress is going, I mean, they're trying to lead us back to that direction, I believe. But anyway, let's talk about the maybe. state because I hopefully we don't have any voter suppression legislation in Washington the Washington State Legislature. But why don't you just share a little bit about, you know, you occupy these positions and stuff. And I really want to talk about your current position and how things are going. And uh, what do you uh, uh, attribute uh, the uh, legislature's greatest successes to this past session?
5: Well, you know, the the, the past session, this is what our caucus focused on. Uh, We focused on a people-first policy. We said we're going to put people first, and we had some priorities that we put in place. Speaker Jenkins brought us all together, and we said our priorities were going to be racial equity, COVID-19 response, economic recovery, and environmental issues. And everything that we talked about was built around those four points. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I saw, I, I remember watching after we had the, uh, the George Floyd murder, I, was, I remember watching one of the, the uh, Senate hearings, and a lady by the name of Monisha stood up, and, and she spoke, and she said, the year 2020 gave us perfect vision. And she pointed out where the perfect vision meant that it clearly showed us all of the inequities that exist in our society, and I don't think she could have said it any better. So with our priorities, everything that, that, that we worked on was built around those priorities, racial equity, and so I, I as the session went on, and when it ended, I heard uh, Lieutenant Governor uh, Denny Heck say that it was the most consequential ele- legislative session he had ever seen, and he was absolutely right on. We did things that we have never even thought about before. You know, putting billions of dollars into education, putting billions into homelessness, uh, working on public health care, uh, economic support for businesses. So we did a lot of good things. And I could not be more pleased with the legislative session, uh, the 2021 legislative session.
0: Well, one of the issues that comes up quite frequently in the black community, and that is uh, 23 years of. Uh, no affirmative action and the fact that during this legislative session there was no inter- legislation introduced to restore affirmative action and apparently there are some folks who are even opposed to the governor signing an executive order to restore affirmative action and what we find out in doing the research is that uh, i-200 did not kill affirmative uh, action uh, but uh, governor gary Locks, uh governor's directive 98-01 is the culprit that killed affirmative action. And we've asked uh, various members to ask the governor to rescind that. And for whatever reason, there seems to be some resistance. I don't know if it's because some people have problems with who's making the request or whatever, but it seems to me that'd be very simple for Governor Inslee to rescind uh, the oppressive and repressive uh, governor's directive 9801 and uh, also sign the executive order restoring affirmative action. And some people say, we need legislation, that's true, we do. But the people that have contracts and jobs who get getting their kids in college, they can wait another year. There are a lot of us that can't wait another year. And it didn't seem to be a great urgency. So I'd just like to have you respond. Is that something you could support by getting bringing back fairness to all people in Washington State?
5: You know, Mr. Wright, I have to tell you this. I believe, I, without a doubt, I can. I, I was working on a lot of things this year and you know the gentleman who used to be in the legislature. I can't think of his name right off the top of my head. I know you know who I'm talking about. He had some proposals. And Jesse Weinberry. Mr. Weinberry, yes. I'm sorry I forgot his name. But Mr. Weinberry had some proposals, and he was working with people. You know, we have a, a great group now, the Community of Color Caucus. When we started out, when I started in the legislature, we had uh, just one member, and that was me. And now we have nine members. And—, and I I don't know, this year probably wasn't the year to do it because uh, we had a lot of things we were working on, on police reform uh, and those types of things. But I would really, I'm going to pledge to you right now that I'm going to make it a priority to to address this. Whether I can get it over the finish line, I don't know, but we're going to make it a priority to address it during the 2022 legislative session.
0: But Representative Lovey, before then, we could have affirmative action restored if Governor Jay Inslee rescinds governor uh, governor's uh, directive 98-01 and sign an executive order until we get to the legislative session that will give a lot of people some relief before the legislative session
5: so 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 the governor does listen and uh i'm making notes here i don't know how far i will get uh, with the conversation with him but i i can guarantee you that i'm going to do whatever i can to to try and bring this to the governor's attention i don't know To what extent? It has been brought to his attention before, but I will have find a way to have this discussion with him.
0: Okay, Representative, I just want to let you know that the governor's office through Rochelle Davis has been working with Jesse Wineberry and a committee for the last several months. So uh, apparently there seems to be some interest, but there's also some opposition from somewhere that is causing the governor to be reluctant. But he does have, and I don't know, this was as of two weeks ago, I don't know if there's still ongoing meetings between Rochelle Davis and former Representative Jesse Weinberry and other members of the community. We've also met with uh, Washington Labor Council President Larry Brown and Secretary Treasurer April Sims and a lot of other other, uh, other unions uh, to come in and support, especially Coalition Black Trade Union, say Philip Randolph and folks like that. But it just would be so easy Uh, until we get legislation to have some relief for some people by having him rescind that uh, directive was in in 1998, 23 years. Have you ever seen the uh, the participation level of uh, uh, blacks uh, doing state business? you
5: know, I have to tell you, uh, Mr. Ryan, your your point is so well taken, you know, uh, and well stated. There are so many times that uh, like myself uh, in general, no, in particular, I've been working on so many other things, and mm-hmm. I know I had a brief conversation uh, with uh, former representative Jesse Weinberry, uh, I think year before last, and uh, I, it, it I, I can be frank with you, it wasn't one of the things that, that was on the top of my list because mm-hmm. I was working on other things in this last yeah. year. I was well, like, you guys
0: and you didn't, you know what? I want to say that I, there was the, the legislator. You guys did an outstanding job. And a uh, matter of fact, Representative, uh, I want to let you know right now. About three weeks ago, I had uh, Representative Karen Bass on along, and she heard Representative Jesse Johnson talk about the, the accomplishments with the police reform. And uh, she said she would please have Representative Jesse Johnson send me a copy of those bills. So things are happening in the Y State Legislature that people back in the U.S. Congress want to see. So I, you know, I don't want to shortchange the works of any members of the legislature this year, except for the ones that opposed what we were doing that was good. But I think, I mean, I have to give, uh, I'd have to give the legislature, I'd have to give them an A minus, it would be an A plus for the affirmative action legislation. But I have to give them, they did a good job and I'm proud that, you know, that we Juneteenth is now a holiday. And I've invited various members of uh, the Black Caucus and members of Color Caucus to come on and we'll continue to do that because I think, you know, this is a program that we have a significant number of uh, African-Americans and other progressive minded people listening to and we know we keep this program to open to all folks during the Asian hate wave of Asian hate crime. I grew up in Seattle since I was 10 years old. If you grew up in the 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s, you grew up with uh, Japanese, Chinese and Filipinos and they are our homies. And if anybody attacks them, they attack me. So we have that kind of understanding because when uh, we had I-1000, there was a group of uh, Chinese immigrants opposed to i-1000 being used by some sinister forces the folks we grew up with stood with us all the asian and pacific islander organizations so we do have that bond and uh they will be we know we march together hand in hand and arm in arm because it's not that many of us to begin with and we know that uh we have some serious challenges but uh like i said i don't want short-change to shortchange the Washington state legislature you guys did an outstanding job i think it was a very successful session and uh some people say, oh, you just a, a, a one-issue person. I say, well, economic justice takes care of a lot of social ills. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yep. so that's all I'm saying. So I want to find out uh, in terms of uh, what do you have on the horizon? Uh, yes, I think you just had a town hall meeting recently, and I'm glad to see that you're out in front of that. Hopefully we'll be seeing other members do the same thing in the near future. You
5: know, what my seatmate and I are doing is we're, we're trying to, to, to do exactly what you're doing, Mr. Wright. We're trying to get the message out of, uh, about the good things that we're doing. I'm a person who believes that you focus on the good. Uh, we didn't do everything we wanted to do, but we focused on a lot of good things, uh, uh, some, some police reforms that not everybody's going to agree with, but there are things that, that we need. And at the same time, I say we need to continue to honor the, the, the great profession. I didn't just serve 35 years just to have the profession uh, be kind of downgraded the way it has been. Uh, because of the action of one officer, uh, but we, we just want to really, really talk about the great things that we're doing in our community and the great things this legislature did. Because we need to do more. This is just the start. So that's that's what I'm trying to do.
0: No, and I and I agree with that very much. Uh, the other thing I think I'd recommended to former Seattle Police Chief Carmen Best, with these officers leaving, I mean, there's a whole bunch of folks, uh, blacks in the military down at Joint Base. Lewis McCord and over in Bremerton and up at Whidbey Island would be more than happy to get a $20,000 uh, signing bonus to get $75,000 a year to start. Not to mention that's the $25,000 they make in overtime. So I would not, I don't have a problem with having all black uh, Seattle Police Department. So I would just say the, the people are there if you have the desire to go get them. So I, I, I think that, and then one of the, there was another issue that was raised by uh, a gentleman who's a veteran that lives up and is very active in your area. Uh, Raymond Miller, uh, like a veterans a, advocate, and uh, he was talking about how the veterans had to come down to, uh, uh, and since you spent 13 years in the Coast Guard, you can relate to this, come all the way down to Seattle to get treatment. And I'm thinking that if you expand the hospital at Whitby Island and at the Everett Naval Shipyard, then those guys would ha- would have to come as far to get treated. And I think that we need to start prioritizing assisting people who stood for the country who, you know, a lot of them gave them life and limb. And now when they get home, they get treated like second class citizens and it's just unacceptable. And I think that uh, you being a former veteran would would actually have a feel for that. But uh, I think that that's something that Senator Patty Murray and I know my Congressman Adam Smith is chair of the House Armed Services Committee. I mentioned that to him as well. So I just think we need to invest and treat the veterans where they are and have them jump through so many hoops to receive treatment. So uh, uh, Representative Lovick, we're about ready to go. Is there anything you'd like to say in closing, sir? And like I said, I well, want to commend you and all the other legislators for the job you did this past session.
5: Well, I, I want to thank you for having me on. I, I uh, look forward to any time you'd like to have me come on. I'd love to do it. Very, very delightful to talk to you. I've seen you at many different venues and uh, you, you are a man of your word, a man of strong convictions. And I'm just really honored that you would allow
0: me to come on your show today. Well, you know, I work with uh, former Representative Hans Dunchy, uh, because, yep. you know, the Highway 99 was named the Jefferson Davis Highway in 1941, named for the Confederate president in 1941, by the Daughters of the Confederacy. And they had a ceremony at the, the Canadian border and another one in Vancouver, Washington. And uh, we know that we tried to get it to be named for the William P. Stewart a highway and watch state transportation commission only put up one sign by everett and said the whole highway wasn't named for jefferson davis and i said well, why would you have one ceremony at the canadian border and one at the oregon border if the whole highway wasn't named for jefferson davis so anyway we're still fighting that battle but i tell i take my hat off continuously hans Lungy, for standing up for that because mr stewart is fought in the in the union army during the civil war and is buried in stohomish county so, Representative Lovick, thank you very much for your time today, and we look forward to talking with you again in the near future. Mr.
5: Wright, thank you very, very much. Keep up the good work. Peace, patience, and kindness to you and all of your listeners.
0: All right, sir. We appreciate that. Bye bye. Okay. Uh, do we have David Chirwan, the prize winning film producer? Davies. I hear some clicking. Well, in the meantime, let me let you know about who brings you Urban Forum Northwest. We want to thank the Port of Seattle's uh, D- uh, Diversity Contracting Office with me and Rice. We want to thank uh, the City's uh, Purchasing and Construction Services Office with Liz Alzier. Sound Transit with Leslie Jones and Jonay Robinson. Uh, Concourse Concession, Dave Pukahar, businesses picking up at SeaTac finally. And also, SeaTac Bar Group LLC with the two Desert Storm veterans, Rod O'Neill and Jerry Witzit, at the African Lounge and the Mountain Bar on Concourse A. Eh? Hopefully, the business will pick up real soon. Do we have Davies on yet?
6: Yes, I'm here. Good afternoon. Hey, Davies. Hey, David, hey
0: man. Good. Okay, <laughs> good to have you on. Uh, yes, sir. Davies, man, you got a very nice bio, and you started a lot of things, produced a lot of films. So why don't you take one minute and just talk about uh, about your accomplishments throughout the listening audience. Well, thank you so
6: much for having me. Uh, my name is uh, Davis Chirwa. I'm originally from Africa, uh, central part of Africa. I grew up in Zambia and uh, originally from Malawi and uh, spent a lot of years in Africa and I uh, migrated to the United States about over 20 years ago. And I've lived around the Seattle area since then. Um, I am formerly a... Uh, You know, a technician, a network technician, computer network technician, who converted into uh, film production. And and that happened, uh, I don't know, Mr. Wright, if you remember, about uh, 11 years ago, a little bit over 11 years ago, we came to a radio station. We were producing the African uh, pageant, Northwest pageant, uh, many, many years ago. We came to your radio. (laughs) I don't know if you remember, but that was uh, the beginning of everything. So right after that, uh, because we started producing um, the pageant, and after that, uh, I just uh, ended up um, uh, leaving my job at the technical work and started my own, my own media company. And uh, I never looked back. So I left corporate America uh, about 10 years ago and started my own company. And um, so far I've been privileged to uh, do some of the cool stuff. Uh, we cover the BET Awards. Uh, we cover the MTV Awards. We also have an opportunity to uh, be on the field to cover the Seattle Seahawks the Seattle Sounders, uh, UW basketball, U.S. soccer, um, FIFA soccer, and then uh, um, including uh, MVP volleyball, which is uh, also um, a national uh, volleyball tournament as well. So uh, we've also had the opportunity to, to film President Obama and some of the elected officials across the country. So it's been a, a great run, and we're still learning, and we're still hungry to learn from people like yourself, uh, Mr. Eddie rai
0: Well uh, Davis, just thank you on that. and then uh, you've also have been uh, as a matter of fact, I was in your studio. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about how that came about?
6: Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, besides having a relationship with you over the years and uh, I've, you know I've grown up to to be a big fan of uh, all your hard work in the in the in the community and stuff like that, you know every time we get the opportunity, we think about you. We look to people who have the experience and people who have the wealth of knowledge when it comes to, you know, people of color and just how far we've come. So uh, we have I'm um, one of the board members, first of all, for the uh, Kent, City of Kent uh, Cultural Communities Board, but I'm also a member of the board for the Kent Black Action Commission. So now the Kent Black Action Commission um, has been celebrating Juneteenth for many, many years in the Kent area. For those of you that are listening who are familiar with that, you know, but obviously this time around, because of COVID, we have to do it a little bit differently. So we've been filming for the last one month. Uh, we're going to do it virtual uh, this year, and it's going to be live on Channel ATV as well as on the Kent Black Action Commission uh, social media pages. So I'm one of the directors of the the entire program. So it's been a privilege to to connect with uh, folks that are very passionate about. Um, you know, uh, the history of uh, black folks in this country. Okay, Davis.
0: Okay, yes, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have Michael Powers and Gwen on next week. Thank you very much. We're out of time. I'm sorry, we don't have much time. We got to follow back up with you on your other projects though, okay? So thank right, you very David. much. Thank you. Okay, yes, Okay. let's take this quick break and come back with Anne, uh, Eric. Thank you very much.
2: Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend Port Gen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com.
4: Why sit in bumper to bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill in the University of Washington, or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination. And listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress.
2: Need help getting started with self help? You came to the right place. Alternative Talk, 1150.
0: Eddie Wright, back at Urban Forum Northwest, behind Earth, Wind, and Fire. My next guest is Ann Uh, She is the executive director of, uh, what's the name of your place? It takes a village. And Ann is also the coordinator for the Othello Park Juneteenth celebration. This is the fifth annual. And uh, she's invited uh, quite a few uh, folks of note. And one of them is my partner, Aaron Dick, uh, Elmer Dixon, who will be on next week. So and welcome to Urban Forum Northwest. Why don't you share with our listeners about what's gonna be going on on June, Saturday, Juneteenth at Othello Park from 11 to two o'clock.
7: Thank you, Mr. Eddie Rye. Yes, we will be there Saturday, June 19th at Othello Park um, from 11 to six. Um, it's actually our first time being at the park. We're usually, Um, At the New Holly Gathering Home, um, with the whole COVID and everything, we based it uh, outside to give a different feel. We're super excited. Um, We're going to have a lot of great people out there and agencies. Um, Safeway has been a tremendous donor um, in help with everything that we've been doing, as well as uh, King County Public Health. Um, Those are one of our two top people that have really like brought us a lot of different organizations and they have given us money to fuel the project and I'm just super excited that you know a lot of people since 2020 have really got their eyes on it. I've been doing it for 6 years. We didn't do one in 2020. Um so that's why this is our fifth annual, but we are excited to do it this year. Um and it being our fifth annual and coming back out and you know, getting to see our our community again and and uh, mingling with people again from this COVID isolation.
0: And that's an excellent opportunity for people to get out in the air. And I guess our number of folks being vaccinated is going way up. But we still got yeah. some people that don't want to do it.
7: Yeah, we do, but you know, we so know, the are about seventy percent, about twenty. I think they said from twelve and older. Um, but we are going to be running two vaccination clinics. Um, we are going to also have a lot of fun things like a kid's corner. We're going to have some great performers and some politicians coming out. We got Rebecca Saldena, We have Jeremy Zolhu. um, We have uh, Neighborhood Health, Rising Suns, the wig clinic, um, dental mammograms. Uh, Seattle Vet Outreach, Molina, Uh, Seattle Children's, Donor Be the Match, Impact Schools, just to name a couple of agencies that will be out, Gun Safety and Protection. Um, Yeah, so it's going to be a lot of activities for the whole family. We're going to have Swedish out there doing Ask the Doctor. We'll also have Safeway doing direct on-the-spot hiring as well as Swedish on-the-spot hiring as well. Um, we'll be giving out phones. This is gonna be this is gonna be really great. You know, a lot of people are gonna come out and bring their resources. You know, we try to make this program uh, very low standard, so that anybody can, you know. Reach it and get whatever they need. We're not giving you a credit, uh, uh, like a little card and saying, go to WWW. No, come there, get signed up. We haven't got your similar list. Come on down. We got social workers. They're going to help you sign up for programs and all types of stuff, mental health providers and everything.
0: So, folks, been, in addition to just seeing each other, they can actually get some help as well. I think that's very, very, uh, very good strategy that you're uh, employing there. That's great. Not only can you get to see people, but you also can get some help if you need it or information if that's what you desire.
7: Yes, that's what what it's always been about for uh for my June in particular, you know, my whole idea was to kind of travel back in time back in 1865 when people left the plantations in Texas back then, you know. Proclamation was a great thing, you know. Yay, we're free, but then it really did not give anybody a game plan. You know, people were free, but you know, they went outside
0: and <coughs> where were they going to go? They had nowhere to go. <laughs> and you then know, when they, they did go, some, they, they took they, it from them. They needed or the or he... housing,
7: they needed a job, there,
0: there was nothing. Yeah. And, and it was never a Either Black Wall Street birthday. got that. But, Ann, look here, is today your birthday? Yes, it is my birthday today. <laughs> happy happy birthday to you. It's all our time is almost up, but I just wanted to make sure everybody knew today is Ann's birthday. Thank you for all your hard work. And I will definitely come by Othello Park on Juneteenth between 11 and 6. I got to change that typo on on my emails and also on Facebook. I had 11 to 2, it's 11 to 6. So, yeah, we'll have Elmer Dixon and maybe you get me one other person for next week. So, we'll talk then. I'll talk, give you a call after the program, okay?
7: Yes, Elmer is super excited to see you too. He was excited that you were being involved. So, uh, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
0: Okay, thank you very much. Okay, Eddie Right, I want to thank once again, the City of Seattle, Purchase Construction Services Office, Sound Transit's Labor and Civil Rights Department with Leslie Jones and Joan A. Robinson, Port of Seattle's Construction Service, uh, Diversity Contracting Office, Me and Rice, Concord Concession, SeaTac tac Project LLC with the two Desert Storm veterans. We'll talk with you again next Thursday.